Thank you for joining us. You have many choices, but we count it a privilege you're listening to the As One Podcast. We truly thank God for you. And as always, we hope you enjoy today's segment. What's up, what's up, ladies and gents? Welcome to a nugget, <laughs> a nugget session, a nugget segment, um, you know, where we kind of expound a little bit on uh, a particular topic that we might have addressed during the podcast. And uh, these are going to be quick, uh, quick hitters, if you will, uh, where we just kind of break down a little bit more of, of a topic or, or a situation or something that we might have addressed once again during the as one uh, podcast uh, i am your nugget delivery man <clears throat> marcus mooney and, and uh, i'm definitely excited um to, to bring you this nugget uh the name of this one is fixing versus helping and we like to say we talked about this during the podcast uh, but i definitely wanted to take some time and kind of elaborate a little bit uh fuller fuller you know uh more in detail in depth um, give you a fuller perspective of kind of what this concept, uh, what I saw, let me put it that way, what I saw when um, kind of, you know, reading the word, consulting guy, kind of looking at things and uh, and what I saw when it comes to these these two things. So um, and, instead of trying to to fix our partner, um, instead of trying to fix your partner, you should be looking at a friend who needs help. Okay, let me slow that down and then say that one more time. Instead of trying to fix your partner, you should be looking at a friend who needs help and helping them get better or grow uh, versus trying to fix them is is crucial. It's so crucial. Let me break it down how crucial it is. Um, whenever you're fixing something, fixing something requires you to take some type of authoritative or lead action, right? Um, for instance, if something breaks down in your vehicle, um, you then take the opportunity to say, okay, something is broken. So you take it upon yourself to figure that something is broken. Um, you make that assessment. Uh, then you determine what needs to happen and what tools it's going to take in order to fix that thing. Um, so you don't have any input from the thing itself. You know, the car is not talking back with you, letting you know, um, you know, giving you permission or, or, you know, saying that it's okay with you to fix it. Like, no, you're, you're taking the authoritative approach. You're assessing everything and then you're putting your spin on it to, to try to fix it. Um, same thing with a broken, you know, something in the house or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, when you're trying to fix something, you kind of take that role of making the decisions on it and putting the aid that you think it needs on it without any input from the thing itself. Right. Um, so the broken piece relies totally on you at that point in your judgment call and your your tool, you know, whatever tools you pick and your ability to fix it. But a spouse is not a hose uh, or an engine piece or a light fixture, you know, doorknob, anything like that. Okay. That's not what a spouse is. A spouse is a person, right? And more importantly, they should be a person who is your friend. So when you see them um, as such, when, you, when you're looking at this uh, scenario and you're looking at them the right way with the proper guidance and, and, you know, as far as your way of thinking, then you put yourself in the posture of, of helping them um, because you're looking at them and you're saying, okay, 
hmm, here is this person who is my friend. Um, I feel like there's something wrong and I feel like I know what it is, but I can't go off of that because I need this person um, to communicate with me. Uh, this is a process that helps a person. Uh, whenever, you, whenever you allow them uh, and, and you overcome and get past your fixing and you allow them to communicate with you about whatever they're feeling or whatever they're experiencing, this is when um, you give them a choice in accepting your aid and, and even respect respectfully, you give them the opportunity to tell you whether or not they feel like your assessment of the issue is correct, you know, which I think is something that every person deserves. You, If you come into my life and you feel like something's wrong, I deserve the respect of you. It's telling me, you know, whatever, whatever. And I deserve the respect of choosing whether or not to allow you to help me. And then also choosing whether or not you're on target for whatever it is that you're helping me or you're off. Um, when you do this, though, this prevents a person from feeling overwhelmed, underestimated, um, feeling, you know, neglected or ignored. Um, but also you take them out of the position to make you feel like you're the villain and then they don't feel like you're the villain. You know what I'm saying? Because you can go into a situation with a heroic type of temperament, thinking I'm going to come in and I'm going to save it. I'm going to help it. But you can quickly become the villain because you're providing heroics that a person didn't ask for, <laughs> you know, or you're providing heroics in an area that a person feel like you're wrong about me there. You you don't have it there. Um, I, I have some little issues with this sometimes with my wife because, you know, I, I diagnose everything. I break everything down. That's just me, creature habit. But what I'm learning to do is when she say, you know, genuinely say now, because let's let's face it, sometimes when a person needs help, it's hard to get them to allow you to help them. And and we have to be honest about the situation when we look at it. And, and a person has to be honest with themselves when they're actually rejecting help. Okay. So if I was a person in a situation where I needed help, I'm I'm learning and growing uh in maturity so that I can realize when I need help so that I can accept the help that I need. But then I do want genuine help and I want the right kind of help. So I'm not just out here accepting help from anybody uh, or anybody's help. Like I am making sure that I'm picking the right people who uh, are, are in position to be able to handle that, that authority in my life, um, to be able to handle that responsibility, that level of accountability uh, to help me in whatever it is. Uh, but we do have people that reject help simply because they don't want it. <laughs> simple, simple as that. Um, or they may hit around like, like you're off, but you're really on base. And, and my wife and I do that to each other sometimes, but we know each other enough now to where we know how to give each other a little space so that the, the person themselves can be honest with themselves and then come back and be like, you know what, you know, you're right. Or they may not come right out and say, you're right. Sometimes she'll just hint around to, okay, I'm willing to hear what you got to say on that because maybe you were scratching the surface, but I didn't want to be scratched at that time. But anyway, just, you know, to, to just kind of bring it back. So you don't want to, you don't want to be the villain. Right. And you don't want a person to feel like you're overwhelming or underestimating them um, or that you're taking their situation over because help is is unique in that sense, too. When you fix something, you come in and take over. It's broken. And without me, it doesn't get fixed. So you come in and you take over when you're helping, though. And this is the good stuff. This is the good part right here. God is so good at this in our lives, even though he could take over and he has the authority to take over and he has the power to take over. 
uh, oftentimes he gets in a situation with us where he is pushing us towards the right way without actually controlling us in a sense. And it's beautiful how he does it. It's a beautiful chemistry. That's why relationship is so huge. Um, and relationship with God is so huge in my life and, and in your life, prayerfully in other, li- other people's lives, because that chemistry that he develops with us to help us through a situation uh, without us feeling like, oh man, you know, <laughs> uh, God is just forcing my hand. Like, no, he's setting you up to be able to be, be the best you that you can be. Um, and to be able to get through a situation with all the tools that he has already given you. So you're using your own tools, right? He's helping you. He's guiding you. He's leading you, but he's not commanding you like a puppet on a string. He's helping and leading you to make the right choices and decisions so that you can learn how to aid yourself. And, and in essence, it's still him doing the work in a sense, but he's doing the work through you in your life. So you're allowing God to take the lead um, and God is allowing you to still kind of stroke the brush and do the things you need to do to paint the picture, but he's guiding the whole way. That's the beauty of helping when you feel like you're being aided versus someone is just coming in and taking over. Um, So when you put yourself in position uh, to be a help to somebody and to allow them to say, hey, I, I accept your help for one and two, I accept your assessment of the situation. Now you're in a a, a a sense of peace when it comes to a problem. And peace in any chaotic situation is a beautiful thing. So before you can start on a path of, you know, overcoming or solving or getting to a place of, you know, peace in the overall sense, you got to start with something that's different than what's already going on. So there's some trust that has to happen. Oftentimes when there's an issue in a person's life, one of the biggest obstacles is trust. Um, So you, you can develop a foundation of trust just by allowing yourself to uh, uh, hear a person, to hear a person, understand a person, and then they allow you to come in and and then you, you develop a sense of peace and, and trust right there. And then the direction becomes upward from there, right? Uh, you start to develop an upward climb uh, to get out of the situation. So, you know, if we take time to respectfully present the help, um, oftentimes it can be received much better than a fixing attempt can, um, and it won't feel overwhelming or undermining. So uh, it's important to understand the difference between fixing and helping. We should never be trying to fix our spouses. So detrimental to any relationship, um, even if you're friends uh, and, and it's not just a husband and wife situation, but it could be two colleagues or, or you know, co-workers or church members or, you know, a pastor and a, and a lay member, whatever it is, whatever type of relationship it is. Don't get in the role of trying to fix people. Get in the habit of providing the help that they will allow you to provide. And if all else fails, nothing is wrong and no one can ever stop you from calling on God. So pray, you know, pray. If the person will not accept your help because they're not ready to get help, to receive help in a certain situation or area of their life, then turn it over to the Lord. And that's when your relationship with God goes into the trust area where you're actually trusting God to do his job, that he doesn't need your help to do his job as far as your physical help. But by you praying and petitioning him and petitioning the Holy Spirit, you're actually utilizing the word in a way where you become uh, an intercessor, where you become a person uh, who who understands um, how the 
kingdom works and how you're able to uh, really just go forth with prayer and and cause things to happen. Um, so you're not giving up on that person. You're actually putting yourself in position to be the best help that you can be, the best aid that you can be and not a fixer. Um, I was a fixer. I'm, I'm still sometimes I have to catch myself. I want to fix things. Um, God says, help it. And sometimes it causes me to get in an uncomfortable position myself uh, in order to be able to actually be of an aid and not a fixer. Um, there are times when people call on me and God is like, I know you can do that, but don't. I'm like, what do you mean? Wouldn't you want me to do that? Yeah, that would make them happy, wouldn't it? But is that the right thing? Um, are they looking for help themselves? Or are they looking for a crutch? Because some people will let you fix them because they don't want to do the work of allowing help to come in and them being able to help themselves as they receive help from you. Um, God doesn't want us to be in the business of being fixers and being crutches um, for his people. He's like, listen, lead them to the, the water. Lead the horse to the water, as the old saying says. Um, and it's up to them, though, to drink. Don't get them to the water and then start pouring it, trying to pour it in their mouth <laughs> or pour it all up. Like, no, allow them to make the choice then and the decision to drink. Um, and guess what? Don't call, don't cause that horse to not be able to capitalize on its ability to trot by bringing the water to the horse every single time. You're bringing the water to the horse. Now, that, well, when it's time for the horse to trot, when it's time for them to get up, run, walk, they can't do it. Why? Because you've hindered them so much by bringing the water to them. And then if you leave the equation, the horse then dies of thirst because they don't know how to get to the water themselves. 